You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire. Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are those of Dave and his valued guests and are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening. Laughter is contagious. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. Morning and welcome to Dave's Corner Garage. Again, we have a fascinating show for you, full of information. Uh, one number one, we have the winner of our giveaway from Triangle Tires. So we're going to do that near the end of the show. Um, it's interesting who the winner is, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, we're going to joined by Amy Bradley from Wayfair Insurance. She's going to talk about how to winterize your RV. And my first question is, where do you put your RV to winterize it? So that'll be a great question. Uh, Elliot Silverstein from the CA is going to be talking to us about MyPace Insurance. This is their third year uh, of being in business, and they have an announcement where they can have uh, actually more mileage on the program, which will allow them to reach more people in Ontario. So we'll talk about MyPace. I'm a big fan of MyPace. It saves us a ton of money because uh, we don't use all the cars all the time. And we're going to be talking to Brian Max. Brian's going to introduce us to the new Cadillac XT5V which is the 700-horsepower Cadillac sedan, and we certainly can use that in downtown Toronto. What do you think, Al? Uh, but can you get a vinyl top? That's what I like to know. You know, they, 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 they stopped putting vinyl tops on Cadillacs a long time ago, and I had something I really liked to have that padded, like with the little window in the back. It was beautiful. Do you know, I remember like, when I go down south, all the vinyl tops were split. The sun is so strong and the stuff shrinks. And it looks like a big hand, a big claw has gone down the middle of the roof and split. <laughs> and all their interiors have fallen apart. I mean, the bodies are in good shape, but the, the interiors are a mess. It's kind so, of different, uh, eh? You know, the manufacturers build a car and they, they test it in certain climates. But, you know, here in Canada, we see one problem. But down in the south and like in the southern states, yeah. we see others. You know, cracked dashboards and, like you say, vinyl tops that are ruined. Um, and, and the paint, you know, the paint goes really bad, too. Um, but yep. there you it go. Have, it oxidizes. And, you know, this may be the last uh, gasoline-powered hot rod from GM. Uh, Cadillac has kind of said that they're going to be building electric cars uh, in the future. And this um, may be the last one. I don't think it's actually going to be... Uh, a, a switch like, like you know you flip a light switch and everybody's in electric cars i think this is going to take 10 to 15 years to actually take effect no exactly you know people have to adapt and uh the old cars aren't going to be stopped running you know you're still going to have the old cars on the road uh, mm -hmm. you know even though we go electric 
Um, besides the fact we're still working on battery plants, we're still working on figuring out how to make battery cars that don't catch fire. <laughs> we got a Chevy Bolt, look out. Um, those, there are issues that have to be worked out. And, of course, the other thing, too, is how far you can drive. You know, pre- it's one thing to have a, 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 an urban car that's electric where you're just driving it to work or short distances. But, you know, if you want to go on that, um, you know, load up the car with the kids and drive to the cottage or across Canada, you've got to plan that out. You know, it's a little more difficult. Exactly right. And uh, Tesla just announced that they're going to be building a battery plant in Markham, Ontario. At least that's according to the mayor. So uh, we'll see if that happens. But uh, that would be good because they sell quite a few vehicles in Ontario and uh, in B.C. Mm-hmm. So uh, see where that happens. By the way, um, isn't it the end of daylight savings today? That's correct. we got to turn our clocks back tonight at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going to fall back. I think that's how you spring ahead and fall back. So we're going to yeah. fall back tonight. Are you going to get up at 2 in the morning and turn it back? No, but it, truthfully, it's so funny because I have people that come in, I think, twice a year to my shop for an oil change. But I think they're really just coming in because they always say, listen, uh, I, I looked in the book, but I couldn't figure it out. Maybe you'll have your guy turn my clock back or, or, or turn yeah. my clock in. <laughs> so for the cost of an oil change, you get your clock adjusted. There you go. It's so true. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to tell if your battery is in bad condition or dire straits. (laughs) Dire straits. I love that band. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, we're back with an electrifying topic right now. We've got Dave Redinger, and my name is Alan Gelman. And, um, Dave, we're going to talk about batteries. Wintertime is coming, and it's a tough time if you're a car battery. Yeah, well, I got a note from Nadia and from Caitlin over at CAA to give us an idea of how to tell if your battery is on its way out. And it's quite interesting because a lot of this stuff is actually really uh, simple. First off, it says your vehicle cranks slowly when trying to start. There you go. (laughs) It sounds like it stopped turning altogether. Uh, But it's funny. So some people don't realize that that's going on, Um, you know, until finally they turn the key and it goes, and and then it's not going to go at all, right? But so often. Well, the reality is you need at least 200 amps to crank that sucker over. And most batteries are what, 400 to 600 cranking amps? Cold cranking amps, exactly. So uh, if you get that, you know, take it in or have it checked because so often people say, yeah, I was doing that for a few days or a week and then it wouldn't go at all. And now I'm stuck. (laughs) Sorry, you did get a warning sign, you know. Exactly. Well, what's the test called? We used to call it an amper test, where where the guy hooks up the the meter and looks for how, the voltages of what it's putting out and the amps that it's putting out. Yeah, it's called an AVR test. AVR. That's it. I forgot the name. No problem. AVR yeah. test. Okay, your headlights dim while idling. That used to be with cars with generators. Remember? That's right. You wouldn't remember. You're, you're well, so no, no, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. I actually, had, no, my Beetles all had generators on them. We used to change yes. the brushes. Uh, yeah, you'd set it a light and you'd watch them dim, and then uh, you'd step on the gas and you could watch them brighten up. It was a, it was a cool thing. Exactly. And then, of course, so, the other thing that's happened too is sometimes when you get in the car and, and and it looks as if your radio has forgotten the stations or the clock is reset. Good sign that uh, your battery is, mm-hmm. if it's not gone already, it's going real quick. 
Right. That's that's actually the next point. Your digital power systems power down quickly. And the electronics like radio, GPS, dash cam, successor, especially in modern cars, use battery power when the engine is off. If they stop functioning properly, it could be a suggestion of a weak battery. Yeah, you may want to also, too, if you have a Honda or, or an Acura, you may want to look in your owner's manual um, because on those vehicles, for security reasons, they put a special PIN number in the radios and navigation systems to, uh, to yes. distract people from you know stealing them. Uh, if you don't have that number, if you bought that car used, for example, uh, that card may not be in the owner's manual booklet. So you, you want to have a look because otherwise your battery's gone dead and you put a new one in and uh, it's just <laughs> like the old days, like your VCR used to flash, you know, zero, 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 same kind of thing. It's going to say code. You're going to go, what's the code? Uh, if you don't know the code, you don't get a clock, you don't get a radio, you don't get navigation. So there you well, go. Well, you know what happens is you have to get your ownership. you got to go to the local Honda dealer or Toyota dealer or whatever and prove that you own the car, and then they will give you the code for the radio. That's right. But on the earlier ones, you Dave, you had to actually pull the radio out of the dashboard mm-hmm. to get the serial number off the radio. It yes. was a real pain in the butt. It really was, yeah. And the last one, your vehicle has stalled the stored energy in your battery, essentially for starting the engine, but without the juice, you won't go far. You're not going to go at all. That's true. <laughs> you won't well, go you know, at all. Once it starts, it should be okay. Provided that, see, it all depends on why it's gone dead. If it's gone dead because it's just old, all right, then, yes, yeah, somebody boosts you, you can get it started, and you can drive. However, if it's gone dead because the alternators stopped charging or the fan belt's fallen off or something like that, then even a boost, it may get you started. But the minute you take the booster cables off your buddy's car, your car's going to die. So you don't yep. want to be driving it in that situation. So if the red light well, is on and it's a picture of a battery or it says volts, you better you pull help. over. You need help for sure. Now, you know, what's interesting is um, I have a little Toyota and the key fob has gone dead twice in a, in a matter of two years every year the key fob goes dead and uh so i'm suggesting that you change the battery in the key fob before we get into the cold weather because uh when that key fob doesn't work the car don't work exactly on some vehicles i know nissan's and infinities for sure uh on the dashboard the driver information center it'll show like a full and empty gauge on your gas but in fact it's Ooh. talking about your key battery uh, a lot of people are fooled by that. They don't. They're not really aware of the fact that it's the the key fob battery. Um, some people think it's the actual battery in the car that starts the car, but that's not what it is. It's the key fob battery. And and if you disregard it altogether, Dave, tell them what happens. It doesn't recognize the key, and the car will not fire up. Exactly. Warning! Is, warning! 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 <laughs> the car won't yeah. start. Yes. So another thing to look in the owner's manual for, because it'll tell you how to get past that security system and get your car yeah, started. They said they say touch the key to the push button to start the car, and you might get enough spark for it to go. Maybe. All right. <laughs> Speaking of a good pace we're operating at today, we're going to talk about my pace after the break with Elliot Silverstein, the CAA. He's going to have great information on how you can save money. We'll be right back. DCG, that's where we're at. Dave's Corner Garage, where uh, 35 years ago, Mr. Arbo said to me, I used to live there. Remember that, Dave? 
Yeah, I used to. He, I used to. I made him a little apartment because he always became late to work. So you know, like um, uh, we built him a, a, a thing, and I still had to knock on the door in the morning to wake the son of a gun up. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was something else. All right, but speaking of waking guy. up, he's retired now. Has he actually? I think he's retired. Yeah, his wife is a nurse, and uh, he closed the transmission shop, and I think he retired. Very nice. All right, speaking of retiring, you know, during COVID, people retired their cars or at least didn't use them a whole lot, but they were still paying the full amount for insurance. But we've got Elliot Silverstein from CAA on, going to talk about MyPace. Dave, take it away. Well, good morning, Elliot. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great. I have to tell you, I'm one of the biggest boosters for MyPace uh, because they were a lifesaver for us. Um, the story is that we had a renewal from an insurance policy that was $1,400 a year for myself and for my wife's car, and they popped us to $2,500 a year uh, with no no explanation. And then I discovered my pace, and my pace was $400 down and $79 for every 1,000 kilometers we drove. And uh, my policy was nine, uh, sorry, $690 last year. That's how much we saved. And that's a story that we hear a lot these days, is that people are looking for ways to save money and that this is a solution that a lot of people are enjoying. And we continue to be Canada's first and only pay-as-you-go auto insurance product, and we're seeing more of it, uh, more interest in it. And now, uh, with our recent announcement, uh, previously we were uh, covering, uh, uh, you know, the coverage up to 9,000 kilometers. We've now expanded it to up to 12,000 kilometers. So if you're driving less than 12,000 in, in a 12-month period, um, and you use my pace, you will see a saving compared to a traditional auto insurance plan. That's great. You know, in the past, all they looked at what year your car was and how whether you had a V8 or a V6 or looked at your driver's, you know, permit to see if you got a lot of tickets. But nobody ever said, how much do you actually drive? And it, it makes a huge difference in terms of, you know, potential for people to have accidents and, and, and things like that. Now, a lot of people did, you know, they did sign up for MyPace when, when we talked about it way back when COVID existed. And a lot of those people were, they're not working a whole lot. But let's say, for example, Elliot, here's a question. My boss says, you know, as of uh, December 1st, we got to start coming back to the office and my mileage is going to increase. What happens with MyPace? So with MyPace, it's very, very simple. It's, it's based on 1,000 kilometer increments. So you are charged, so you're, you're rated based on a traditional uh, insurance plan. So if you drive less than 12,000 kilometers a year, you will see savings. So all that's going to happen is if you're driving, for example, 100 kilometers a week, you'll see within 10 weeks, um, a, you know, the renewal and the cost for the next 1,000 kilometers. Um, but if your car is sitting at home idle and it's only driven, let's say, uh, a smaller percentage, it may take longer for that to, uh, to roll over. So really, it has no effect if you're returning to work. It really is based on your own personal habits. So um, again, if you have two vehicles at home and one is going to be sitting idle more for the winter, it is a, a, a really good opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to drive this car less, so I'm not going to be paying uh, a monthly fee on insurance. I'm going to have something that is more customized to what I need it for. Well, so this way you can hold on to your insurance, because I know that some people were saying that they actually would cancel their insurance because they thought, well, I don't need it. I'm not driving that second car. But in fact, with my pace, you're still going to have your full coverage. 
you have 100% coverage no matter uh, no matter what. So if your car is sitting at home in the garage and you're not driving it this week, you still retain the same coverage. But you make a great point because a lot of people were scaling down their insurance or they were canceling insurance altogether. And those are huge risks because your car is still at home. There's still risks of damage or, or, or break-in and so forth. And you have certain you know issues that, that may happen if you move your car or whatever it may be. So you really want to make sure you're protected. And the beautiful thing that we've done is that we have ensured that people are fully protected but still saving money at the same time. And uh, I guess, too, if people have a car that they only drive perhaps in the summertime, that, that, that would be a great savings as well. It certainly is an opportunity. I think, you know, again, for a lot of people, it's different habits. Some people are commuting. Some people are driving less. Some have multiple vehicles. I think that this is a solution um, for a lot of drivers that um, they're looking for because, again, a lot of people are looking at their expenses and they're saying, you know what, inflation is getting higher, things are getting more expensive, where can I save a little bit of money but not not cut at uh, the quality of what I have? And this is one of those absolute solutions. Well, there you go. Dave's on the line. And how many cars yeah. you got, Dave? I have four cars on uh, my pace. And how many drivers? And, uh, <laughs> Just me and Barb. That's it. <laughs> there you <laughs> but go. I, you know what's interesting? Um, the one car, which I only drive in the summer, I put it away in November, and it sits until uh, May. They actually called me and asked me if there was anything wrong with the car or what happened. Why am I not uh, accumulating any mileage? And I said, the thing's in storage. And uh, that was it. And she said, fine, no problem. I'm just make a note. So they actually watched to see that the the unit is actually being used. There's a little, um, uh, I guess, a, a chip that you plug into the DL, uh, D, DLS and... Uh, it actually locates the car and uh, how much you're using it. Let's talk about Dave's dongle. Let's, you know, I know this is a family show, but we can do that. Yes. <laughs> how, how does the dongle work, Elliot? So basically, all you do is once you sign up for the program, you'll be sent a, a little device, a little dongle. You'll put it inside your vehicle just under your onboard dash. Um, you plug it in, and away you go. You can download the app for your phone. You can track uh, the measurements yourself as well. Um, but it's as simple as that. It takes just a few minutes to, to get yourself set up. Elliot, we've got to run. For more information about MyPace, where do they sign up or get that info? Call call CAA, talk to your broker, or visit caamypace.com. So you, you can get it through any broker? Uh, don't you have to call CAA? You can call CAA or you can talk to a broker that is licensed through CAA, and uh, many brokers across Ontario uh, offer the CAA products. Oh, wow, you got affiliates. I didn't know that. All right, Elliot, thank you very much. Have yourself a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right. CAA, great company, great organization, always there to help you and help you save money, too. This is Dave's Corner Garage. After the break, we're going to be talking to Amy Bradley from Wayfair because, you know, you you bought a motorhome and and you're thinking, well, can I leave it on the street or my driveway all year? I don't think your neighbors are going to be very happy. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Well, I'd like to say that COVID is about over, but uh, we still have to be careful. But, you know, it did stimulate the sales of motorhomes and campers this year. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that just don't know that, you know, number one, where it can be parked. Number two, how to prep it for winter. Do you just leave it there? We've got Amy Bradley from Wayfair on the line. Amy, how are you? Excellent. How are you guys this morning? Excellent. So uh, where do you park it? Oh, my. You know what? That is a question that everyone asks us when they call into the office is, where can I store my unit? What do I have to do? Do you know what? There's many different options you can do. Um, I'll let you know what we do, like with my mother-in-law's trailer. 
We've had it stored outside here, just on the yard. A lot of people will tarp it. To be honest, we've never tarped it. But when we do store it, we make outside in the elements. We go over all of the caulking. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing you want is to open up your unit in the summertime, and you're like, where did all this water come from? So if you do store it outside... Um, you want to make sure you go over all the caulking. And do you know what? To be safe, go over it anyways. And we've also, because I live on a farm, we've also stored it in the shed. So if you live on a farm, those are places you can do. But if you don't, let's say you live in the city and you can't have it parked on your driveway, which I get because the municipality won't let you. A great way to do it is... There's tons of storage facilities all the way around. You can Google it, where to store them, or even the dealership that you purchased it from, or if you live close to a dealership, give them a shout because they'll also have spots on their lot to store your dealers, uh, to store your trailers as well. And the best part is if, let's say, you do not know how to winterize your trailer, you can drop it off at an RV dealership and say, hey, can you winterize this for me so you don't have to do anything yourself? It's just done, put away, and by the time the spring comes, you pick it up, and everything's done for you. Do they get to keep so the leftovers that you left in the fridge? Do you know what? Pretty much. <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, look, we got snacks for this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Munchies. <laughs> so, Amy, yeah. this is basically like a, like you treat a boat when you have to winterize your boat for the for the season. Uh, you treat your RV basically the same way. Absolutely, you do. Except your trailers or your motorhomes, they have the wheels, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, my question is, when you're when if you're doing it yourself, how do, what am I supposed to do? Drain all the tanks, put antifreeze in the toilet. Uh, drain the water. Is there anything else I should be looking at? You should. So you want to make sure everything's drained. You want to make sure you have the antifreeze in there. You want to put air in all of your pipes. Because, to be honest, and I'll be straight up front, freezing is not covered within some. So you don't want to have that issue when you open up your trailer. So it's so important mm to have your unit properly winterized because you're going to have it for years. And to be honest, we, like Janice, my mother-in-law, and even everyone in my family, my dad, my sisters, they all it, and I'm so at them to make sure it's done properly. And we haven't had any issues, knock on wood yet, um, because it's done. So there's no wear or tear, there's no freezing, so it's been perfect, really. Amy, if people want to, you know, to get those tips, um, I guess they can go on YouTube. But does Wayfair have any tips on their website? Oh, we sure do. You can go to rvingtips.ca, and we have everything from inside your unit. And I'll let you know one of the tips. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put away your trailers, this is if you do it yourself. 
Baking soda. Some people are probably thinking, you're going to put baking soda in your trailer? Yes, you are. Because that absorbs moisture and it helps with your odor. Because sometimes you have your trailer closed up, you'll get that musky smell in it, and the Mm -hmm. baking soda helps that. It's just like your fridge. You leave it in your fridge, and then after, we'll go ahead and bake some cookies or something, right? Because it doesn't go bad. Dave? Yeah, I was going to say, but it's the cookie smell like the inside of an RV. <laughs> <laughs> well, like last night's fish dinner there. <laughs> I did. What about another option is that you leave your RV plugged in and you leave the little the heater on just a touch, uh, you know, like you would a cottage or something. You know, just leave the heat low and uh, and let the thing just not not freeze up. Well, do you know what? I don't really recommend that just because if it overheats or you have a short, that can cause a fire. So okay. I always say unplug everything, take your battery out. A lot of people say leave your battery in. I say take it out. Well, first of all, if you don't store it at your home, let's say it's at a storage facility, um, some batteries go missing. And then you're going to call me in the springtime. You're going to say, Amy, someone stole my battery. I'm going to say, well, you do have a deductible. And then you're, you're going to have anyways. to your, That's exactly <laughs> it. So I say take your battery out. Don't leave it out in the cold. Bring it in. And don't put it on a concrete slab. Make sure there's something underneath it. You want to keep that baby warm. because, And when you store it, make sure it's fully charged as well. That's correct. Yeah, a lot of people put a trickle charger on, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Right, because if the battery discharges and it's exposed to below freezing temperature, it will freeze, and then once that's happened, that battery is good for the garbage. So, great tip. you got to bring it inside the house. Anything else? Yeah, you do. Well, y'all, don't forget about your awning. Some people do. Don't forget to clean your awning, or else you're going to have so much mildew, mold, everything, when you roll that baby out in the summertime, and then you're going to have to have some real elbow grease in there. So, clean it. And then, but make sure it's completely dry when you roll it in. So how do you clean an awning? You you spray it with soap? No, well, you can use soap, but you know what? Your arm's going to get awfully sore. There's also (laughs) many, (laughs) do you know what? There's many different products out there that you can use. Um, There's one that we're, actually the Explore RV Club, if you're a member, it's coming out shortly. Um, as an added benefit as a member, is Silver Wax. Silver Wax is phenomenal. You can also use, um, I'm going to say a degreaser too on that because anything that's going to draw off mold is what you want to do and to make sure it's clean. So to explain what the Explorer Club is, because you mentioned that. Oh, yes, the Explorer Club. And do you know what? This is the gift that's going to keep on giving. You have the holiday season coming up. If you have birthdays, anything, this is something that if you have an advocate RVer, this is a fantastic gift you're going to give them. You get discounts at hotels, campgrounds, 
campsites, dealers, like in their shops. So if you need, you know, um, the different products for your toilet, you're going to get discounts on that toilet paper because, you know, everyone needs that when you're in the trailers. Mm-hmm. All at the campgrounds. Plus, you're going to save 10% off your insurance with Wayfair Insurance. So that's huge. Plus the brick, which I'll tell you right now, it's an early birth. Well, I'm going to say Christmas or holiday gift for me. My husband doesn't know yet. I just went out and bought it with my mom and sister. Is I just saved over $200 because I bought myself a washer and dryer at the brick. So it pays for itself. And then you're going to ask me how much that's going to cost. For a one-year subscription, it's only $54. If you want two years, you're looking at $88. So it's not expensive. Plus, you save so much. So you go camping, just go on your membership, say, hey, I'm going to go to this campground. Well, you're going to get a discount. And they range from percentages off a night or you stay two nights, then you get a third night free. So that's all across Canada as well. So it's not just here in Ontario. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. And do you know what's so it's called, better? It's called, it's, it, I was going to say, it's called the Explorer Club. How do they get in touch with them? The, yeah, the Explorer RV Club. Well, you can literally go to rvingtips.ca, and we have a link there for the Explore RV Club. Or you can visit them at explorerrvclub.com to find out more information on them, too. I tell you guys, if you're not a member, you save on your insurance, which pays for your membership. And if you're like me, you need a washer and dryer, oh, my gosh. Because I'm going to tell you, I said to my husband, can you fix the washer and dryer? He's like, yep, yep, yep. Well, and then he's out there doing something with the cows. So I just went out (laughs) and bought one. Because have you guys seen the Grinch? Um, My sister sent me a video because my dryer sounds so loud. It's like the Grinch doing an exercise. It's like, (laughs) really loud. All right, Amy, we got to run. I I think the cows are mooing in the background. All right, have yourself a great weekend, and thanks for those tips. RV, RVingtips.com. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be back with Brian Max, who's going to be driving, believe it or not, the race car driver is going to be driving a Cadillac. What's that all about? Stick around. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and we've got Brian Max on the phone, who was so excited about driving a Cadillac. And I, 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 I remember those old big sleds with vinyl tops. How can we get excited about a Cadillac, Brian? Well, when you put a nearly 700-horsepower engine under the hood. <laughs> That'll help for sure. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> so which, you drove two of them. There's the Cadillac CT4 and the CT5. What was the difference, and uh, did you like one better than the other? Well, you know what? They're, they're both they're both excellent. They both solve sort of different problems for, you know, people who like going fast like we do. Mm-hmm. The the CT4V is the smaller of the two. And these, these are called the black wings. So you can buy a CT4V and a CT5V. The key is this black wing designation. And these are something else. So the, the big one, the CT5V, has a 6.2 liter supercharged V8. They say it makes 
668 horsepower, but it's really like 700. And what's cool about it is you can get it with a 10-speed automatic, which is very quick, uh, very quick shifting and, and does all of the things that you need to do on the racetrack, but you could also get it with a six-speed manual gearbox. Really? And yeah. you figure they're going to sell a bunch of those? Uh, well, the numbers I've heard for, for the 2022 model year, mm-hmm. I think between the two models, between the smaller one, the CT4V, and the CT5V Blackwings, they're going to sell a total of maybe 3,000 units. So they're going to be very, very limited. And the ones with the manuals are going to be even more limited. Well, you know what? I, I wonder if my, my – I know I have a neighbor named George who, who – he drives a, a pickup truck, and he puts he's got Scuttlebutt Lodge on the side of it. Now he had a Cadillac that was a standard shift, and whenever I'd give it to a mechanic, they go, "You know that Cadillac's got a five speed." <laughs> it, it was really weird. So there obviously is a market for it. And uh, but I saw you out on the racetrack. I watched your video. Did that car like go two hundred kilometers an hour? Well. So you guys know that I've been racing cars forever. So I was at an event for Cadillac. They invited me out to, to drive these cars at, at Canadian Tower Motorsport Park. Mm-hmm. And with that kind of car, I can probably do 260 to 270 kilometers an hour up the back straight without, you know, being, being um, babysat by, wow. uh, by Cadillac uh, folks. So I got it to over 200 up the back straight, but I was, I was limited and, and uh, you know, I can't. I can't do all the things I want to do at the racetrack at these events. But without any limitation, easy 260, 270 on the, on the back street. And the car, that CT5V Blackwing, will do over 200 miles an hour. 200 miles an hour? Miles an hour. So 300 and whatever, 330 kilometers an hour. It's, uh, it's very, very fast. I hope Kerry Schmidt's not listening in. Uh, well, you, you do that on the racetrack only. <laughs> you go. Not up, if, not up the parkway or around the 401. No, if you do that on the road, you're going to get a visit from Terry Schmidt. And <laughs> exactly. You're on his social media. Thing. That's right. Then you'll be in the Schmidt house for sure. <laughs> That's right. But these, these cars, I mean, when, when, when the folks at GM Performance put their mind to something, they turn out excellent cars. And both of these just blew me away. Uh, they handle well. They break well. They go extremely fast. They're very well finished. And then, I mean, they, they look like modern Cadillacs. So, no, no, you can't get a vinyl roof out. <laughs> no opera window? <laughs> Definitely no opera window. <laughs> all right, Dave, you were talking about electric. What was that all about? Well, I was thinking that this was the last of the kick in the last gasoline powered car everything right now is always uh, SUVs and electric is coming so is this the last car well, the, these two cars might be the last two performance gasoline powered Cadillacs that that we ever see i mean i'm i'm a bit pragmatic and and plugged into all the news and everything else and, and Cadillac has made it very clear that their future is electric so they're they're going to have some all electric models in the very very near future, and then expand that throughout the lineup. But I think because these are such focused cars, they're such specialist cars that these are probably going to be the last performance Cadillacs that we'll ever see. Hey Brian, wow. do they do they make an electric five speed or what? Uh, no, nobody does uh, from an OEM <laughs> standpoint, but you know what? There are some crazy tuners that will build you an electric with a manual transmission. <laughs> we got got to save the manuals, right? That's right. <laughs> you know, we should advise people that you cannot tow an electric car currently. 
because the motor is, is permanently connected to the wheels. So you basically have to flatbed it if you get in trouble. Uh, yeah, towing it is a, right. a no-no because those engines will overheat and actually get damaged. So if you have a Tesla or whatever uh, and, it, and if something goes wrong with it, flatbed it. Uh, Brian, oh. your question, like, so do you think down the road there'll be an electric Cadillac? Uh, that, well, there is an electric Cadillac, but there'll be an electric Corvette or electric Camaro? Um, I think so. They they may they may change the names or or you know just like they've just like Ford's done with the Mustang Mach E. It's it's more like a crossover, but they've put the Mustang name on on an all electric Ford. So just like that, I think I think Cadillac or Chevrolet might do the same. So you know it might be an E Corvette or an E Camaro. And you know the the cool thing is that the GM Performance has all of those engineers to make those things sort of to make those electric performance cars happen. And, the, you know, I've got some faith there, but I don't know if the world is ready for a performance-oriented electric car just yet. Well, do you know what? I mean, you, Dave, and I got, you know, oil and, and, and gasoline going through our veins, but, but for a young person, he may just want to go fast. He doesn't have to hear that sound or, 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 or smell the exhaust, eh? It's, it's absolutely right, and, and that's one reason why electric cars, especially Tesla, sell so well, because they're so quick. It's effortless to go fast. All right. Well, we got to run. If people want to see more of your videos, where do they go? Uh, go to YouTube, Brian Max, M-A-K-S-E. I'm all over the Internet on your favorite social platforms. And hit the subscribe button and buy some merchandise. That's how our buddy Brian stays alive, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> They don't pay them a lot to do test drives, you know. That's right. All right. Thanks again. Have yourself a great weekend. You Lady, too, guys. Thank you. You're very welcome. A standard shift electric car. Hmm. There's a concept, eh? Interesting. <laughs> All right. Dave and myself will be back with more news topics, and we're going to announce the winner of our triangle contest right after this break. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like every month we got another contest. And this past month, we had a contest for people like you to win a set of four triangle tires that could go on your small truck or SUV. We had all kinds of people putting in, uh, you know, putting their name down on the ballots. And, uh, oh, you also won gas card. Dave, who won and what did they win? Well, first off, they won a set of four triangle tires. And by the way, triangle tires is not new. They're about a 50-year-old company, but they're new in Canada. They're just bringing them in. Mm -hmm. uh, so you get a set of four for your car light truck. Uh, Alan will put them on for you for free. And uh, a $100 gas card from Esso. So uh, it's a nice little prize. And the winner was Mr. Jeff Coy. So Steve will get in touch with Jeff Coy and uh, we will make all the arrangements and get his... Uh, his ride rebooted. There you go. Rebooted. I like that. Rebooted. Well, you know, being this time of year, he, he may have just ordered winter tires. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't say snow tires. <laughs> All right. We're going to emails. What do you want to do next? Yeah. Okay. We have an email from uh, Gary, and he's talking about an 06 Solstice, which is that little Pontiac station uh, convertible, mm -hmm. little sports car. And he's going to put it away for the winter, and he's asking, do I put more air in the tires so I don't get flat spots while I put it in my unheated garage? Well, the answer would be yes. Uh, what I normally tell people to do is, before you uh, put it away, First of all, go down to the local store, auto supply store, and pick up some uh, stabilizer. It's fuel mm -hmm. stabilizer. comes in a little bottle, and all you do is you pour it in the tank. Then you go to the gas station, and you fill up the tank 
with the uh, once you put in the stabilizer, and then you drive over, and I don't know if it's a quarter an hour or a loony, or you have to use a credit card, but then you're going to go over to the tire machine, and uh, you're going to add air to the tires if you don't have a you know a compressor at home. Um, you can probably go up to about 40, 45 pounds if you like. Um, you know, look on the side of the tire. There will be a maximum, but keeping in mind, you're not going to be driving it for an extended period of time. You're only taking it from the gas station to the uh, to your where you're going to park it uh, in your garage, and then you park yep. it there. And uh, and what should they do next on the car? Well, I'm thinking you take WD-40, you spray all the uh, um, the rubbers in mm-hmm. the doors, uh, so when when it's cold and freezy, they don't stick. You spray into the locks, uh, make that all wet and. Uh, it wouldn't hurt if you spray everything that's in rubber <laughs> with this WD-40 because it'll leave a coating on on the uh, windshield and it'll leave a coating everywhere else, which you'll clean off later. Uh, leave the window down about a quarter of an inch so that the car vents. Um, if you've got an area where there's lots of squirrels and stuff, they're telling you to put mothballs under the hood. And just, you know, a couple of mothballs here and there to uh, to keep the animals and the mice away over the winter. Otherwise, you may have a surprise in the spring when the mice have uh, eaten something, or especially with the wiring now being made out of uh, food. Out of soy, exactly. Well, one of the other yeah. questions he asked us was, maybe should I also run the car once in a while? What about that? I like that idea. I love, but, it, but not once in a while, like run it, and if you run it, run it for at least half an hour so you, you actually heat up the exhaust system, get any moisture out, get the thing thing. And when I storm our cars, I start them up once a month, let them run for half an hour, and then shut it down. So I usually do that after the show. You don't take it out for a bit of a run? Usually the license has expired. Mars expires in the winter, so I can't take them out, but I do let them run. Oh, actually, you know what? We, you could do it. Mike Arbo did that years ago. He said, I'm going to take the car on the highway. And I said, Mike, you can't do that. He says, yeah, give me some grease. And he put grease all oh. over the license plate so that you couldn't read the, 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 the number on it. And I thought, that's quite inventive. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's dry outside, because uh, aside from the battery and the engine, you know, there are other systems in the car that, that need to be used. I mean, cars aren't really Brakes. meant to be parked. You know, brakes yeah. will go all rusty and seize up. Just just like, actually, my knee was seized up this morning. I didn't know what to do with it. Maybe some WD-40, you figure? People do that. I heard that. They, <laughs> they spray their elbows. <laughs> all right. We want to thank so our guest today. We want to thank Elliot Silverstein from CAA. MyPace. If you've got a car that you're only using a little bit, check out MyPace. Yep. You can save a whole lot of money. MyPace.ca, I think. Uh, Amy Bradley mm-hmm. from Wayfair Insurance. Uh, what to do with your... Uh, your motorhome or RV if you got it. And, of course, Brian Max for that great info on a Cadillac. Sorry, no more vinyl tops. What can I do for you? There you go. Congratulations to Jeff Coy on winning uh, the contest. And I think that's it for contests till spring. We did uh, five contests during the summer, and we'll do that again next year. All right, there you go. So it was another great show. I want to thank Carlos behind the desk. We can't do it without him. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. he's our technical guy. Got to run. Dave, drive safe. Have a great weekend. Keep the shiny side up and sleep in tomorrow.
Kreniger from Dave's Corner Garage. Today we're talking with Trevor Hutchison from Crown Body Maintenance. A big part of being a corporate partner that deals with consumers is being corporately responsible to the environment. And so we believe that although we're in the automotive protection business, you also want to do it in the right way, in the right manner. And for Crown, that starts with our proprietary rust inhibitors, lubricants, penetrants, and all of the products that we manufacture have that in mind. We use a hydrocarbon petroleum base stock that is environmentally safe and a chemical inhibiting package that is designed to be safe to be used in cities, municipalities, and a variety of different environments so that it's responsible towards the areas that we're applying it in. And how do we get more information about Crown? Go to our website at crownwithak.com. You've been listening to Just a Minute. To hear more, go to our website, davescornergarage.com. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.